This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Now, I know you're used to hearing Frank Proctor at a time like this, but he can could not be here today. Instead, very special guest right here in the studio with me, Lorraine Flanagan. How are you doing? Hey, I'm fine, Charlie. How are you? I'm excellent. Now, I know everybody's going to recognize your voice. You're a familiar voice. You're a world traveler. Yes, just last week, we spoke via Skype. You were in Japan. Yes, I was in Japan, and I think part of me is still in Japan. I just got back... I think two days ago. <laughs> it's quite a <laughs> so time I'm difference. Kind of in that, yeah, never, never land in between. <laughs> okay, it's Saturday morning, just so you know. Okay, good. It is nine o'clock in the morning. And my name again is, is Lorraine okay, Flanagan. And look what a gorgeous day. It's beautiful. Blue it's a beautiful sky. Thanksgiving weekend. weekend. And big harvest moon yeah. happening. So, speaking of which, I do have a couple of announcements. Let me just get uh, phone numbers first. Frank usually does this, so I have oh. to remind myself of some of these things. Give us a call. We are here to talk gardening. It's The Garden Show. Lorraine is a master gardener. She's, as I mentioned, a world traveler. She's going to tell us more about the World Cup of Gardening that she attended in just outside Nagasaki, Japan. Yeah, that was exciting. So she'll fill us in on that uh, because we did have a chat last week, but we'll need to know some more. Give us a call if you have any questions or comments. Locally, we're, the number here is 416 Four zero, and if you're outside the Toronto area, it's one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. So happy to hear from you and give us a call. Like I say, now um, let's see what's going on. I've got a couple of announcements. I'm just flipping through here. Oh, before I get to my announcements, last week I mentioned that I was going to two different hort societies this past week, and you know we talk about the competitive nature of gardening and um, you know flower shows and and you know medals and blue ribbons and and oh, you were yeah. you were at a competitive show yourself and of course the boys from B squared design were up there yep, getting they're getting their silver award absolutely which is very yeah. very cool it's, so yeah it's very exciting to compete in a hort society show so did you well, do something? well did what you I was going to say that's so funny is that the, I was at two hort societies one out uh, Nobleton Way the Pine Ridge Garden Club their competition they had set up was the best looking dessert competition ah! 
believe it or not, 20 plus people brought in homemade desserts. Oh they God. laid them all out. They were voted on. There was a winner. Got a nice swag bag. And then we ate them all. Yay! It was uh, pies, Bonus. cookies, I know, <laughs> cheesecake. Like, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I went home with this plate piled with all kinds of great desserts. My husband, my son really, really liked me that, that evening. The next day, I was at the, uh, it's great, the Credit Valley Award Cultural Society, and their competition was pumpkins, decorated pumpkins. And they were such great creative decorations on these pumpkins. Oh, yeah, I, you can go wild with pumpkins. I, huh? I, I yeah. took photos and tweeted some of the some of the, uh, uh, the, the looks. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was just great. I can show uh-huh. you. They're on my phone later. But that was just too much fun. So there you go. I mean, gardening can be an awful lot of fun. Competitive Absolutely. and fun. And, of course, that was a competition as well. And, again, swag bag for the winner of the best <laughs> pumpkin. All right. Now, tonight... Royal Botanical Gardens is having a big swank harvest moon feast and garden party. It's from 6 o'clock until 10 p.m. There's a special harvest moon feast inspired by local ingredients, many of which were grown right on site in the RBG's Veggie Village. Oh, and that's a great Veggie Village. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, they've yeah. done a great job on yeah. that. So there's music, there's dancing under the light of the moon. Uh, it's going to be cold. Oh. <laughs> Wrap up, bundle up. And I hope it's really like, you know, rock and roll kind of music so you can stay warm. <laughs> no symphonies. Uh, and celebrate the bounty of the garden and, of course, the harvest moon. Um, mark your calendars now. This is in the future, November the 20th, Thursday, November 20th. There is an event going. It's the second annual Astor Awards. <gasps> Presented oh, at the Toronto Botanical, Botanical Gardens. Garden. That's right. It's a very, very another swank evening. This is Margaret Atwood and Dr. Paul Hebert uh, are winning awards for their protection of the natural world. So that's going to be a very cool event, and uh, so that's worth going to. More information, of course, Toronto Botanical Garden. Dot ca. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a great event. I went last year. You did? Yeah, the food is great. I would think so. Oh, yeah, the tickets absolutely. are fairly pricey. Yeah, well, it's a fundraiser for, uh, the, for gar- the Toronto Botanical yeah, Garden. That's yeah, that's it, exactly. Yeah, a worthy cause. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, good stuff. All right, quick break, and we will be right back. We've got callers on the line, and we've got Lorraine wanting just itching to tell us about Japan. <laughs> Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. <laughs> it's Charlie here, and I'm giggling with Lorraine Flanagan. I think she's liking that little intro with the, the buzz. The buzz. <laughs> yes. All right, let's get to some of our very patient callers. We have Jerry on the line calling from Toronto. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, folks. How you doing? Great. What's going on at your place? Well, listen, uh, I've been talking to you previously, Charlie, about my dear cactus plants. Mm-hmm. And I brought them in now for the winter, for the winter months. Excellent. Now... I followed your directions throughout the summer months. Like I, I didn't water my plants. I let them starve for water, then I flooded them. <laughs> okay. Now, they're in the house right now, mm-hmm. and they have no water. They're bone, bone dry. Okay. Now, do I continue doing the same routines I did in the summer, like uh, flood them with water, then let them starve for water and flood them again? Pretty much. I mean, the flooding, what I mean by flooding is watering thoroughly enough that the water will drain through the soil into the saucer below. 
Excuse me. Of course, you never want a cactus to sit in water for any extended period. But, you know, you let that leave that water in the saucer 10, 15 minutes. If there's still water in the saucer, then it's a good idea to dump it out. But absolutely, yes, it's always better to let the cactus dry out thoroughly between watering. And you're going to find you're going to water even less in the winter than you did in the summer. Right. Okay. So how often were you watering in the summer? Oh, my God, that'd be once every three, four weeks. Okay. So, right, you're probably going to water once every five or six weeks in the, really, in the winter. Right? Yeah. Because when I brought my plants in, I don't know if you can picture this, but they're sitting on the south window. Mm-hmm. And I live in an apartment building, and over my window, there's a balcony, which the sun doesn't come directly into the apartment. Right. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, I know exactly. <clears throat> now... I'm worried, like, this is the first year I've ever had cactus plants. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a chance of them dying because not getting enough sunlight? Yep. <laughs> but unlikely. <laughs> it, what? It's unlikely. Yes, there's always a chance that they will suffer from the lack of light because right. you had them out on the balcony, obviously, yeah. in the summer, and they were getting direct sunlight. They were. Right. So it's a dramatically lower light level coming in anyway, just coming behind the glass. Yeah. But then, as you point out now, there's even the, the shade from the balcony above. That's right. Now, I mean, as the sun is lower in the winter, you must get some light into your place uh, early in the uh, early in the day, in late the in the day, between ten thirty and about one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they will get that light. They're on the windowsill. Uh, no. No. Oh. The windowsill is too small. It's a narrow windowsill. Oh, okay. So they are they on the floor on a table? Or? They're on a table right by the sliding door of the balcony. Okay. So they will get that light that hour. They will or get two. that light. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I mean, you're doing the best you can. If you really feel that they're, I, I mean, the only thing you could do is consider a grow light. Yeah. Right, would be to bump up the light levels by getting, you know, just a simple um, overhead, you know, kind of a, a reading light with a, with a little grow light bulb in the reading light. You know, one right. of those kind of mm-hmm. uh, over, like over-the-shoulder kind of lamps, that, you know, floor lamp, that sort of thing. That could work if you're concerned about the light levels. But right. frankly, they're unlikely to die from lack of light. They're more likely to die from too much love, and that means too much water. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make sure I starve them for water. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, I neglected to mention that Lorraine Flanagan is a master gardener. So maybe I should let you jump in on one of these questions. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Put me on the spot. (laughs) So, listen, tell us a little bit about Japan. We've got a few minutes before we go to a break. So we've got – just tell us a little bit about what you did while you were at the World Cup of Gardening. Well, what I did – first of all, the the Gardening World Cup takes place in – kind of a theme park called Haustenbosch, mm-hmm. which is very close to Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. And um, Haustenbosch is kind of a replica of a Dutch village. So I'm not quite sure I was in <laughs> Japan. <laughs> but I know I was. But it really does look Dutch, doesn't it? It does. It, it has windmills. It has canals and canal boats. And people walk around thing. in little wooden shoes. Yeah, well, They have wooden shoes for sale <laughs> and like little souvenirs. Absolutely. And they have a palace, a grand palace, mm-hmm. which is modeled after the uh, royal palace in yeah. Holland. Oh, my. And that's where the Gardening World Cup actually takes place, right in front of the palace. And it's an outdoor show. Mm-hmm. And there are landscapers and garden designers from all over the world yeah. creating gardens. Um, well, right that's in front what of Robert the and Alex told us last that's week. That's right, yeah. of our own B Square <clears throat> design here in Toronto. We're um, invited to go. We're invited to go. It's the second 
second time that they went to this event, the first time, the very first time. The show is very young. It mm. only started in 2010. Oh, okay. And they were there for that first show. And they won gold award, which was fantastic. Yeah, it was a was... real achievement. Um, this time around, they won a silver, which is also mm-hmm. a good um, <clears throat> achievement because they were up against some really, really stiff competition. Yeah. Um, so, you, so they're pretty wow gardens, were they? Oh, amazing <clears throat> gardens. Um, there were about eight gardens um, that were judged, and then there were maybe six gardens that were there for display. Mm. And they were kind of art installations, that, so they were fun. Mm-hmm. They were great to look at. One of my favorites was kind of a flight of butterflies that uh, went up from a, a sort of a pit and up into the trees. And and, it was just gorgeous. And the butterflies were wire forms and they were built out of they flowers. Were actually, or, they weren't uh, oh. out of flowers. They were actually uh, stamped out of the same material that plant tags are made out of. Oh. You know, that white plastic yeah, yeah, stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it looked quite <clears throat> lovely. <laughs> Who knew, yeah. right, that you could do, <laughs> do this with plant pla- tags? With plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you people at home, I have all kinds of uses for those plants. Get creative. I certainly reuse mine, let me tell you. (laughs) Anyway, so they were all made in these butterfly shapes. So there was a whole sort of flight of butterflies in in one of the installations. So so it was fun to see those those art installations as well as the judged gardens. Okay, quick question, because I know everybody's going to be wondering, (gasps) did the typhoon ever hit that (laughs) we heard about last week? You know, luckily, um, the typhoon Typhoon did miss us, although we had some very high winds, mm-hmm. and we, and actually, um, Alex and Robert from B Square Design had a very complex um, sort of water screen mm-hmm. as part of their dis- their garden, and they had to kind of tie it down oh. just in case uh, yeah. the winds caught it. Yeah, oh, wow. so so luckily the typhoon missed us, went north to Tokyo and they had to cut short the Tokyo Grand Prix because of oh, the typhoon. The typhoon. Yeah. Wow, because big but rain, we were, obviously. Yeah, lots and lots of rain, yeah. Oh, wow. I know, but we Never were okay. a dull moment. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of fun, yeah, sounds looking like at gardens. <laughs> holding on to everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have to use pe- pencil and papers anymore. You can just use your use your phone. Otherwise, you would have all blown away. All right, all right. More from Lorraine and, and what happened while she was in Japan. When we get back, right after this. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. All right, I'm here with Lorraine Flanagan. Hi, Lorraine. Hey, Charlie. You look tired. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, you don't. You just look confused. <laughs> That's because I don't know where I am, what actually. What day it is, what time it is. <laughs> am I in Japan? Am I in Holland? <laughs> am, am I in you're Toronto? In, you're in Liberty Village. Liberty Village. Look, look out the window. And it's the a gorgeous sun is shining. day. There are marigolds blooming Still, across the street. I know. Bright and cheerful. And the yeah. leaves are really starting to look quite beautiful yeah, yeah, on the way yeah, here yeah. today. Yeah. All right. We have a couple of first-time callers on the line, and I'm not sure if you know this, but when we have a first-time caller, we mm-hmm. like to welcome them okay. with the yep. special chimes, and it's all about getting your wings. These are, You get garden wings when you f- call the first time. So, big good morning to Ruth, and welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Good morning. You're from calling from Victoria Harbor. Where's that? 
Oh, just um, about uh, half an hour from Barry. Oh, okay, great. Ah, uh-huh. so what's going I, I like your show very much, Barry, and I have a, a problem. I'm not a problem, but I just want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a black walnut tree. It's quite big because it's been in the backyard for about 28 years, and every year it produces oh so many walnuts. This year, there's not one on it, uh-huh. and I just wanted to know if that was common. Common for this year? I'm not sure. Now, there may be some listeners who also have walnuts or are familiar with some in their neighborhoods who could Uh give us some report. I'll tell you, there's a butternut... In, not in my backyard, but one of my neighbor's backyards, and it's very profusely bearing nuts this year. I'm wondering right. if maybe yours, where you are, might be connected to the kind of winter we had? Maybe, perhaps, because every year, I, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's quite <laughs> refreshing, actually, to pick <laughs> up those things and usually get about, oh, eight, nine big bags full, wow. huge bagfuls. And there's none. So huh. isn't that a, maybe it's the weather then. I'm wondering if that winter, Lorraine, any thoughts? What it may be? Well, it could have been the ice storm. Maybe the ice storm sort of did right. something to the, yeah, the, the fruiting. Flowers. Yeah, exactly. A um, late, yeah, like a late frost. Could have frosted the flowers, thus just like we had that year where all the apples were lost. Yeah. You know, with such a long, long winter. Could have been something yes. like that. Um, I just want to say this, um, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leaves are nice and green. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tree looks fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. It just it doesn't have any walnuts. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only thing. Tell me, do you ever feed the tree? Have you ever done No, any? I never feed it at all, poor okay. thing. But it's huge. Yeah, but, so is it in a lawn or is it in a garden? Or It's, it's in the lawn. Okay. Uh, I can see it from my kitchen window. It's quite a nice tree. Yeah. A good shade tree it is, you I know? I bet, I bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and it's, if it's a well-grown walnut, it's also worth a ton of money. Oh, it's, it's a blessing to have a, a tree like that in the shade in the summer, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> anyway, what you're saying. maybe it's not a worry at all, but I just all right. thought it was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, um, if anybody's listening has any thoughts, do give us a call. Thank you very much for that, Ruth. And in the meantime, I am going to check out exactly when walnuts flower. Because being, you know, close to Barrie and knowing how late some of those frosts hit us last year, I mean, we were well into late May and we were still getting some frosty nights. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what happened. We frosted off the uh, flowers, thus no fruit. Maybe. But I'll, I'll check into that, Ruth. Thanks again for your call. All right. Let's go to another first-time caller. We have John joining us from St. Catharines. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. You hear that? Those chimes. That's your your garden wings have are now been bestowed on you. Thank you. <laughs> um, my question is about six or seven years ago. I was eating a grapefruit. Three of the seeds had beautiful green little shoots coming out of them. Oh, neat. So I planted them, and now I got three nice six foot high. Wow. Uh, grapefruit trees with nice big shiny leaves on them, but never did they ever bear a flower or a fruit. Okay. Would they ever? Um, they could. The tr- the. The trick is, it's very difficult to provide the absolute perfect environment for that to happen. So think Florida. What kind of environment do they have in Florida? No frost, for starters. <laughs> lots and lots of light and high humidity. That's your most likely your most troublesome thing. They should flower in the winter, but of course our light levels are fairly low then. So if, if you have it in a super sunny location, you've got a better chance of flowering. Do you fertilize this plant at all? These plants? Yes, I do. Okay. Not very often, mind you, but I do. Okay. Because that, that's not a bad idea. I would personally. And they're in fairly large pots, I would think. Well, I got three trees in about a 12 or 14-inch pot. Oh, they're all together? Yes. Oh, my. Oh. 
three trees in a 12 or Too crowded. Well, maybe. Yeah, uh, the crowding could be doing something there. So, but not exactly the right time of year now to be separating them. You know what I'd do? Just carry on looking after them this winter as you have. Put them lots of sun, water as necessary. But next spring, I would be inclined to take the whole thing apart, separate the three trees into three separate pots, preferably that size you're there in now, that 12 to 16 inch size. Mm-hmm. For, you know, lots of fresh potting soil, fertilize consistently all summer. Uh, and again, lots of light in the winter. And they may, they may still flower and fruit. The, our houses well, are so dry in the winter though it's the humidity yeah. that's so hard to, to keep up in the winter yeah they've always been kept in the house i've never put them outside oh, okay oh. well uh, maybe try putting them outside mm-hmm. this summer too mm-hmm. in a nice sunny spot but introduce them to the sun very very gradually because it's going to be a bit of a shock for them to go from the indoors to mm-hmm. outdoors um but they they would like it outside yeah, probably they would, yeah the they like that the humidity outside for yeah, starters yeah. but they like the heat they like the sun uh so maybe next year after you do that repotting might be a nice idea to consider leaving them out for the summer sure i can do that okay and okay thank let you let us very, know very much. all right thanks right. for your call Bye-bye. 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 Uh, all right. We, oh, let me just give the numbers. Uh, locally, if you want to call, share anything, ask anything. I've got a, a fellow master gardener right here in the studio with me. You've got you know two heads instead of one. <laughs> of course, one head might be in Japan or yeah, Holland really. or yeah. somewhere. Or somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> and Justin's here. He's doing a fine job in the, on the board there. So he'll be the first voice you hear when you call 416 416- Three six zero zero seven four zero. If you're outside the Toronto area, one eight six six seven four zero forty seven forty. And of course, that's a toll free number. Uh, all right, happy to hear from you. And we currently, all the way from Kincardine, have Ted on the line. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Charlie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And what's going on at your place? Well. I, we have about a 60-acre pond on the property, and we have sloping banks around the edge of the pond, and we would like to put some ground cover or some other alternative around the banks to stabilize them and to try and keep the weeds out. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's a 60-acre pond. Sounds like a lake wow. to me. <laughs> well, some people Big. call it a lake, but when you're beside Lake Huron, uh, this is a pond. That's a pond. <laughs> that's a, just a little pond. Okay, because 60 acres sounds pretty big to me. All right, now, <clears throat> what about geese? Don't you have geese issues? Yes, we do. Right. So that's the other reason you want to have vegetation right to the edge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this would be in full sun, and mm-hmm. we're looking for something that's reasonably drought-resistant. Right. Now, I know this is going to be this is an interesting question, and I'm going to have to just speak in generalities for a minute. But back in the day when people were putting lawns everywhere, and pe- there was lawns uh, around, whether it was Lake Huron or Lake Ontario or people's ponds and small lakes, Lake Simcoe, all those lawns going right down to the edge of the lakes was just a, a total welcome mat to the geese because they would just swim in, walk up onto the lawn, poop everywhere, you know, sit around, put their nests where you don't want them, just be a real problem. Um, And even where I live in Richmond Hill, there's the Mill Pond, right? And there's a very big effort over the last 10 years to naturalize the edges of all these bodies of water for many reasons, as you suggest. You're not looking to do any maintenance there, uh, but you are trying to have a more, a more natural edge on it for the fish 
spawning areas for the fish and the, and the frogs and yeah, all that. Yeah, some good habitat yeah, and all shelter. That action, yeah, exactly. Uh, right between water and shore. And it also does limit, they, it provides some nesting areas for birds, but it limits the geese moving in and, and turning it into their own personal uh, space. I would be inclined to send you to the web, though, for that. Just because, like, off the t- do you have anything off the top off of your head? Off the top of my head, yeah. no. Like something you would plant. There Definitely you would you want to plant. I mean, things like rushes, I know, would be sort of an obvious thing, but maybe that's not exactly what you're thinking. You're talking about more on the land there, uh, what to plant. I'd be thinking about um, some very, some native. Absolutely native plants. And actually, there's a great uh, resource uh, for native plants. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a database. It's the Evergreen, I think, Mm. evergreen.com. If you go to uh, that website, you can actually do a search Mm -hmm. based on the conditions that you've got. So sun, obviously, is one of the conditions. You want something that's a ground cover. You want something that's going to provide habitat. Mm -hmm. So you can search on all those characteristics and come up with a list of native. suitable native plants. Okay, yeah. and you know what? I bet you that's evergreen.ca. Yes. It, it yeah, because it's local. Yeah. Because, yeah. of course, the Brickworks is where the Evergreen, the Toronto sort of foundation is located. That's right. Uh, here in Toronto. And, but and yeah, and actually, Evergreen's well, all over Canada. Yeah. Yeah, and they do have various regions across the, the mm-hmm. country, so you can search by your particular region yeah. as well. Hardiness only yeah. and region. Exactly. And they are specialists in native plants. They have yeah. a native plant nursery yeah, on site as well. It's, yeah, it's great. So that's a good one. Did you get that, Ted? Oh, did I lose Ted? Uh, okay, so hopefully Ted heard that. Evergreen.ca as a wonderful resource for native plants, very specific to your region. And I think that's a great idea. Thanks, Lorraine. I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, we now, let's see, we've got, oh, Rick is one of our all-time favorite callers. He's calling from White River, and he is on the line. And we always ask him about the weather because he's oh. way up there. Good morning, Rick. Pretty frosty this morning. I Whoa. bet it is. <laughs> How thick frost was the frost? on that pumpkin, huh? <laughs> uh, no, no pumpkins. All no pumpkins. Up here. <laughs> Listen, I, I just wanted to share something with you. By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, you too. Um, last summer, I, I had my hibiscus outside, and I had four beautiful hibiscus. And But in the spring, I put some uh, a, a garlic bulb in each one of my pots, okay? Mm-hmm. In other years, I've had aphids just get them. Oh, but, no. but this year I had nothing at all. I think it's related to the garlic. I bet group, it is. Yeah, it is. You know? And uh, that's it. And this other lady that was talking about their walnut tree, mm-hmm. well, this year I have a huge linden tree and it usually blooms and puts mm-hmm. profuse uh, flowers out on it. This year was hardly any on that tree mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And I, I think it was probably... The, the spring yeah. we had. The, that, the winter that never really ended. Right. <clears throat> Particularly for you. you, you what did you get, about a week of summer this year? <laughs> so since Frank's not around, can I get another question in? Oh, <laughs> Patrolman Proctor's not here. Well, you're right, because we did. Well, you shared something really good there. I like that garlic uh, in the pots. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's about my orchids. Uh, I had okay. a dear friend bought me five orchids back in August. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't watered them. Oh. And they're still... Perf- the, the flowers are still on them, unbelievably. And what? I'm afraid if I start watering them now, they're just going to all fall off. So Since August, you haven't watered well, them? Well, once. Once I oh, had okay. a friend put some water in. So that's, okay. And they're still full of buds. Oh, they're amazing. Orchids, you know what? And, and honestly, 
well, okay, so you're obviously doing something right. You've got them in a, a bright spot, but they don't need direct sunlight. Generally speaking, they're nice in a north window or an east window. Pretty well. But what, my favorite way to water orchids is to get a pail of water, let the pail of water sit overnight, and just you know come to room temperature, and of course get a, get rid of some of the chlorine or whatever might be in that water, and then I just dunk the whole plant, uh, you know, right down into the water getting the pot under the uh, surface of the water, getting the leaves all wet. Air bubbles will come out like crazy. You just hold it till all the air bubbles have come out and then let that, that plant uh, drain in the sink for 10 or 15 minutes and then put it back where, where it was. Wow, that, that sounds like a great method. It's a great method. You know why? Because the... Orchids are growing in bark or something chunky, and it's super important for orchids to have that air around their roots, Mm. more so than any other plants, because orchids typically actually grow up in the treetops. They don't grow in soil. So they need that gas exchange that they get when they're exposed to the air. But they also need moisture. So, of course, if they're up in the trees, when it rains, all the air pockets get filled with water. And then, of course, all that water goes away. And then now it's air again. And that's what you're going to mimic when you do that uh, submerging of the plant. So you think I should do that? I do. I think you should do it today. They deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're liking them that much. I've got a rainwater I've been saving for them. Excellent. Even better. Even better. Do do you think I should add some of that... Fertilizer or orchid fertilizer in there? Does that want to do that? I wouldn't right now. I mean, I know they are blooming, so the argument could be made that you could fertilize them. A lot of energy goes into flower bud formation, so they could potentially. If you really, really wanted to, but don't follow the actual instructions, give half the amount of fertilizer that it's calling for. But yeah, rainwater's the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go for it. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks for your call. God bless. Okay. Bye-bye. Happy Thanksgiving. So that's a good idea, planting that's, garlic in the pot. Yeah, clever to keep, to keep aphids. the aphids away. I like it. Uh-huh. I like it. And the other thing, I let uh, um, Rick get away with two, kind of a long two. call there, but I hadn't mentioned one. One of our mantras is call early. Call often, one question oh. per caller. And Rick knows that. He's called before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So quick, the, the numbers for anybody who'd like to get in here. We're not here for much longer. 416-360-0740. And outside Toronto, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be right back after this special message. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. All right. And here we are. Oh, Lorraine is just shocked at how fast the time is going. It is, my God. I'm hardly giving you any opportunity to tell us uh, more about your your trip to Japan. Did you want to take a few minutes right now? Well, I I just wanted to mention Mm -hmm. some of the other international designers um, who created gardens. We all know that Robert and Alex from B-Square designed here in Toronto. Our local heroes did really well and won silver. But there were some um, other gold-winning gardens that were really quite extraordinary. One of my favorites was done by a UK designer mm-hmm. called Paul Hervey Brooks. Mm-hmm. And remember this name because I think you're going to be seeing a lot of him. Harvey the, Brooks? 
Hervey oh, Hervey Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, it's H-E-R-V-E-Y Brooks. Okay, so, and it's a hyphenated last yeah. name. Yeah. A lot well, of those in British, English. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know <laughs> how they come up with yeah. those names. At any rate, anyway, he, his garden won gold. Mm-hmm. It won best plant material, and uh-huh. it won best in show. Wow. So he walked away with three medals, and his garden was just spectacular. But the reason I mention him particularly mm-hmm. is because he's going to be doing a garden at the Philadelphia Garden show next year in this coming spring. Excellent. And the theme in Philadelphia this year is um, Disney. It's all sort of a Disney theme because Disney is the major sponsor of Philadelphia's show. And so Paul is going to be doing his garden at Philadelphia um, along the lines of the witch, the The Lion, the the, the Witch, and the the Wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah, which was one of his favorite books. It was one of my favorite books. There you go. So I Paul, think Paul Hervey. Hervey Brooks. All right, so we're going, eh? We're going to go Absolutely. to the Philadelphia Road flower. trip. Yep, yep, yep road yep. trip. Absolutely. That's the plan. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> We've talked about it. And I know. It just never managed yeah. to fit it in. So yeah. we're going to do it this year. Early March. And I want to see we'll this. Yeah, I want to see this yeah. guy's garden. He's fabulous. Cool. Yeah. All right. Really great. That's on the list. We'll we'll talk more about that Philadelphia show. I didn't know that it was a Disney thing yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Let's talk to. Uh, we've got Michael waiting on the line, calling from Kitchener. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Very well. How are you? Uh, well, I'll wait for the uh, survey to come through before I make a decision <laughs> on that. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, my last name is Ruth, and, and uh, I'm calling in regards to lady first name Ruth. Uh-huh. From Victoria Harbor? Some coincidental. Victoria Harbor, no kidding, and I'm from Penetang. Wow. Although I don't live there anymore. Listen, um, I, too, have a walnut tree, Mm -hmm. about 115 years old. Wow. And about 20 years ago, uh, I had a similar circumstance. It just wasn't producing any nut for a year, and Mm -hmm. then for the next three years, four years, I got oodles of them. Right. Uh, I have also... Coincidentally, with a walnut tree, I got squirrels, pine squirrels, chipmunks, <laughs> and, and we have the squirrel wars. <laughs> so because of this absence of nuts starting about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I said, what's going on with the tree? Mm-hmm. I live in Kitchener. I was over to the University of Guelph at the Arboretum, mm-hmm. and I asked some questions there. And apparently, what happens with walnut trees and trees uh, of this nature the older they get, mm-hmm. the less they produce. Right. Makes sense. Uh, so it's common for them every three or four years to not bear at all. any nuts whatsoever. They kind of take a rest. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because a lot of energy goes into producing those flowers and well, the fruit. I would imagine. Yep. And they I lose. Because a lot of energy goes into cleaning up the mess. <laughs> well, so, uh... so you don't miss it when they're not producing <laughs> walnuts, obviously. Uh, it seems to me uh, at this time of year, I. I have to be out there uh, raking and, and sweeping yeah, every day. Yeah. yeah. Because oh, yeah. They're pretty. It looks like you've done nothing when you're finished. <laughs> I know. They're pretty messy. And when they rot, they Ooh. are just, it's a black, mushy mess, eh? Yeah. yeah yes, you, it is. You can't Although, leave. Uh, they do make an excellent toxin. Mm-hmm. Uh, three or four of them, you boil them up in a, uh, in a, in a pot of about uh, half a gallon. Mm-hmm. And then you make ice cubes out of them. And if you're looking for a total cleansing, you take two or three of those ice cubes, put them in a cup of tea, and uh, drink it. You just better be prepared I, to not be going anywhere. I was going to say, that sounds a bit toxic, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
Woof. Okay. Well, that's an interesting, like you say, interesting cleansing idea. All right. Well, thanks so much for that information, Michael. And I certainly hope that Ruth is still listening because that's good information about walnuts. And I'll remember that as well. That, And I think we, we kind of know that. We've seen that um, with fruit trees and even just flowering trees over the, the years. You get, uh, like, think of the hydrangea. One year, they bloom like crazy. And then the next, the next year, year, no blooms. Yeah, exactly. And then the next year, a bunch of blooms. So, you know, there is that, that up-down... Gardening is never static. It's always keeping us on our toes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see now. We've got Conception is calling. Conception is perhaps the correct way to say her name from Pickering. Good morning. This is my third call to you. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. This is a simple question to you. Mm -hmm. We newly bought a climbing rose at Walmart. Uh, It's uh, big flowers Mm -hmm. and they have many branches coming. Do I need to put fertilizer no. to the rose before the winter and the rest of the plants like uh, gladiolas and hydrangea? Great question, and the answer is no. No, no, no. No, no fertilizer for any of your plants now, particularly the, anything outside, but not even any of your plants inside. Yeah, this and is do, the, I know the, do I need to cut them now, the branches um, and leaves? I would not know. We haven't had a really good frost yet. Let the rose get really frosted. Tonight, actually, it is supposed to go to zero. So, you know, that'll be sort of our first light frost. But we need some, some hard frosts for the roses to truly be dormant. At that point, the only cutting you would do on a rose, particularly a climbing rose, would be to remove canes that are interfering with uh, a walkway or, uh, you know, it, it, it's out uh, swinging around, going to get damaged. Um, generally speaking, we don't do a lot of cutting with the climbing roses. We like the fact that they're climbing and we leave them like that and we do whatever pruning we're going to do in the spring. Yeah, but there are tiny branches coming. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Do I need to cut them? No, no, no. no. I wouldn't. I, w- I generally I wouldn't do any cutting because remember, if we prune things now, we are encouraging new growth, okay. and this is not the time of year that we want to it's see any early, new growth. Not too early. Yep, yeah. too early. Yeah. But like I say, if we prune for health and for the protection of the plant, uh, but otherwise we don't do any pruning until the spring with, with, with the roses. You mean when there is snow coming, there is the time I will cut them? Well, I, again, I wouldn't do any cutting except to protect the plant, okay. you know, from people and protect people from the plant. And then I, do, I need Just, to put additional soil there? That's right. Then you'll, exactly. I always do a, a, a hill of soil. It might be a, a 10 inches high of soil over the base of the plant, the crown yeah. of the plant. And certainly with a climbing rose, you will need to do that. But you will yeah. wait until it's quite a bit colder. Yeah. Another okay. month or so. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thanks for your call. Yeah. I, will, I will always call you if I need your help. Okay? All right. I appreciate that. You okay. just Thank feel you free so to much. call. <laughs> Thanks. And actually, I just realized as I was talking there, and I said no more fertilizer mm-hmm. on anything. That's not really true. Because <clears throat> oh. this is actually a really good time to fertilize our woody plants and our lawns. Lawns, for sure. Yeah. Oh, now, I didn't know that about woody plants. Yeah, though, it's interesting that if you put fertilizer down, whether it's a deep root fertilizing or it's a granular fertilizing on the surface. Now, I'm not talking herbaceous plants. This is strictly for the trees or in, or the lawn, or if it's lawn care. whatever. Yeah, it, what happens is, is that the fertilizer sits there. It will, of course, water will take it down to near the roots. And it's quite a, it's quite a good way to stabilize. Like the fertilizer will either be absorbed by the roots 
roots because it's nice and warm down there still, mm-hmm. right? So the roots are still growing. Yeah, yeah. The roots will absorb that fertilizer and it will hold that fertilizer and be all ready to go in the spring. So it gives it a head start in the spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, and they found uh, the commercial growers half of the annual fertilizer for the, any of like the the woody shrubs and trees are is applied in the fall. You know, in all the wow. containers that we see for sale at uh, Sheridan Nurseries or. Well, I'm going to try that this fall because yeah. usually I I try to do it early in the spring, mm-hmm. but sometimes I I don't get out there early enough. Well, there's so many things to do in the yeah, spring. I exactly, find I, everything exactly. gets away from me. Yeah. <laughs> so not everything, but some things get away. So this is a good time. If you're out there anyway, you know, cleaning up leaves and doing whatever, you're fertilizing your lawn, but consider fertilizing your trees and shrubs. What a great idea. Okie doke. Uh, All right. And we will do we do have to do a very short break and then we will be right back after this. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. So this is very interesting. I have before me uh, a very nice – is that like an iPad or something? No, it's too small. Yeah, yeah, it's an iPad mini. Oh, it is. So Lorraine's brought a little mini iPad and it's got all (laughs) kinds of photos on it. From the Gardening World Cup in Japan. In Japan. I hope you can all see this Yeah, notice that's a nice one there. I like that. That's B-square design. Oh, it is. All right. So thanks for bringing in those photos. That was a really good (laughs) idea to bring those to the radio show. Oh, there's that water wall. Yes. Isn't that great? Okay. So for people who would like to see these (laughs) photos, pictures, these digital photos, how could they see some of these, these photos you've taken? Actually, you can, um, if you're on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you can take a look at my Facebook page, which is Lorraine Flanagan on City Gardening. Um, And that's where I've posted lots and lots of photos from the Gardening World Cup. And I'll be posting more as well. So Lorraine Flanagan, F-L-A-N-I-G-A-N. So Flanagan, Flanagan on City City Gardening. So that's all one word. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And um, you should be able to find me on Facebook that way. And and you're quite the the, um, author, garden writer. You're the editor of The Trellis for the Toronto Botanical. For the Toronto Botanical Garden, yeah. yeah. Trellis is my baby. I love Trellis, and we have a great team to to put together uh, Trellis. And also, I write for a number of gardening magazines. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite is Garden Making Magazine. Magazine. Well, remember, you did the 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 tour. Yeah, the country tour of public gardens. We had you on the show when you're on the the choo-choo train. The tour, exactly, yeah. (laughs) Across the country, from Victoria to St. John's. That's right, and that was Sponsored by Garden Making Magazine. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah. there's a whole article and blog posts on garden mm-hmm. making as well. So take a look at gardenmaking.com. That's a great magazine, actually. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's uh, it, Becky and her family. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah, great writers a, like you have it, been have made it happen, Becky yeah, Fox. It is um, a family-based business mm-hmm. and uh, very knowledgeable, uh, lots of great material mm-hmm. in each of the four issues a year. Yeah. Yeah, and good photos, all of it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what else um, did you want? Oh, I know. So you were you were at the Gardening World Cup, yes. obviously. But besides that little Dutch village in Japan, what else did you do when you were there? Actually, I um, had a chance to visit Nagasaki, mm-hmm. which is about an hour train ride away through. Was the it a rice bullet train? Fields. No, it's not the bullet oh, okay. train. It's it's a 
a cute, it's called the Seaside Liner. Aww. Cute little train that goes through the rice fields because, mm-hmm. of course, that's what they grow in that area. Mm-hmm. And it was the harvest season, so the rice uh. fields were golden, golden yellow, and they were drying the bunches of rice over long poles. It was very charming. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I went to Nagasaki. And, of course, what do we know Nagasaki for? Uh, it's, of ginkgo course, the trees. ginkgo trees and, <laughs> and the atom bomb, yes. unfortunately. Yes. And actually, I was sort of in two minds about whether to go to. They have a big uh, memorial, a, a memorial yeah. there, and a museum, mm. the Atom Bomb Museum. Um, so I did go along with Robert and Alex from oh, B Square okay. Design, and I'm so glad I did. It is a beautiful, beautiful facility. The building itself is gorgeous, and then the exhibits are just so thoughtfully um, and sensitively mm. curated. It's really, really well worth going to. Um, There's also a garden in Nagasaki Mm -hmm. um, called the Glover Garden, and it overlooks the harbor. Um, Nagasaki is right on the water. has a beautiful, um, very active harbor. Shipbuilding is Mm. kind of part of their their commerce there. And uh, so the Glover Garden is built around uh, what used to be, I guess, the European compound in Nagasaki. So there are beautiful, beautiful mid-19th century (coughs) buildings there Hmm. and and grounds around it. And uh, they have, of course, tropical plants, palms, and cycads. There was one cycad that was 200 years old. Oh, wow. Just stunning, just stunning. So you must have some great food. Photos from some I of those. do, and you can see uh, those. I know. We're going to flip through that. <laughs> on City, on City and on Facebook. All right. Okay. Well, you know what, Lorraine? Thank you a ton for coming today. Well, thank this, you so much for having me. This has been fun. It's been and the great. time has just flown by. I know. And of course, I'm going home to make pumpkin pies uh, and uh, pick up the turkey to <laughs> cook it tomorrow. And yourself, you're probably going to go have a little nap, I think, right? A nap would be good. But we <laughs> are going up to Barry. There's a wonderful studio tour happening oh. in Barrie, and we do this with our friends okay, uh, up in Barrie every weekend, and nice. then we, One then in we have know. a huge turkey dinner. Anyways, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, thank you so much, and have a great dinner. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Justin. Thanks to all our great callers, and we'll see you all again next week. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.